There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping leaders to cultivate meaning and purpose in the workplace to elicit passion, inspired contribution, innovation, and persevering performance. So I seek out and bring on guests who have a particular perspective, experience, or expertise that I think contributes to or expands this conversation. And as a management consultant and social scientist, I draw on the meaning and work and identity research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as from my experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. I hope you caught the show live last week. We were on air with Dr. Lance Secretan, the author of 22 books about leadership, inspiration, corporate culture, and entrepreneurship. We talked about his latest book, The Bellwether Effect, in which he details eight incredibly broken practices that are destroying the corporate world of work and undermine productivity and engagement in the workplace. Very, very compelling man with a lot of information and expertise and passion and purpose to draw from. Incredible conversation. With us this week is Danny Barton, Deputy Chief of Police in the Capel Police Department here in Texas. We'll be talking about his experience serving on the police force, his perspective on what works well and what needs to be addressed, and the way he is working to champion a new way forward in the police force. He joins us today from Capel, Texas. Deputy Chief Barton, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thanks for having me, Elise. I'm glad to be here. You are so welcome. I've been looking forward to this conversation, and I want to orient for our listeners just a bit of of context of how we met. So we were in a psychometric certification session, Lumina specifically, doing introductions, and, you know, there's a few of us in the room, and you're the only guy, and you open that mouth of yours and start sharing about what you're up to, and you had me at hello. So what I really got in your introduction, which we're going to address in this conversation, is... You're on a mission. You're you're building a movement, as far as I could tell. And that mission, as far as I could tell, is to transform the way police work is done. Um, oh, absolutely. So, uh, first, just again, thank you for your service. And uh, really a pleasure to have you and, and be part of, get to lean in on that work that you're doing. So, to give us a little bit of, for, for those listeners across the globe who haven't had the chance to meet you, as I have, will you share a little bit of your background in general history serving as a police officer? Why police work and just a bit about your background? Well, my background, um, I got into law enforcement in uh, 1991. I was the I tested with a, a town, uh, Central Texas, Bryan, Texas, which is near Texas A&M. Um, I got hired, and I started my career. And, uh, you know, the web, the ebbs and flows of life led me to Capel in 1997. And uh, I, had a, I left here for a short stint to do uh, some things with my family, uh, but eventually made it back. Um, during my course... My, my time in Bryan, I, I was patrol officer, did some uh, some minor stints in street crimes and accident investigations and things like that. I was a field training officer. And actually, when I was a field training officer, training young officers, is when I really started to study uh, my vocation and, and make it a craft. And I ended up in uh, Capel and... Um, 
just just continued to uh, to really look at the way we do things in law enforcement and, and really question police culture and and um, well, you know why we continue to do things the same way and uh, and expect different results and um, well, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there but um, but historic you know I made deputy chief just this year um, prior to that I was. I'm usually in the operations, which is patrol and CID. I've spent most of my career in those two areas. So, um, you know, those are the people that are touching the people in the community. And um, so that's kind of that's kind of my background um, okay. when I get for, too detailed. Perfect. That is perfect. Now, two things really quick. So first, for our listeners who don't know where Capel is, it's a suburb just right here outside of Dallas, Texas. So that's if you're wondering where Capel is. And then for us, if you would, um, Deputy Chief, what does Deputy Chief entail? I know it's a leadership role, but you mentioned the other when you were you were as, a, as an officer, it's really operational. So what's Deputy Chief work entail? So I uh, currently, this is my my current position. Um, I'm I'm the operate. We have two deputy chiefs. One's the administrative deputy chief. The other one's operations. Um, I I oversee uh, the CID or the criminal investigations division, which is all of our uh, detectives, and uh, that actually has our school resource officers also attached to it. And then I'm also over uh, the patrol division, which is all the patrol officers and all the motorcycle officers and canine and things like that. So I just kind of oversee everything. Um, and, I mean, I'm pretty involved. Um, if you know me, I'm never in my office. I'm always out and about. So um, that's that's my, I'd say just I oversee those. And uh, I have two captains that answer to me. Each captain is over each of those divisions. And then they have anywhere from three to seven supervisors that work for them and then all the line officers. Okay, perfect. And then just again for context, the size of the overall police force there in Capel? So we have 70 officers, uh, sworn officers, and then we I think we have 12 civilians. Okay, great. Just kind of helps our listeners understand the scale, et cetera, here, kind of what you're up to. Okay, so before we get into some of this work here, I want to again situate, uh, I always like to ask people what it is that connects them to work to their work. So let me ask you, what are you most proud of as serving as a police officer? I don't, you know, I got into law enforcement, it was, it was like a lot of officers, a lot of people will be surprised that a lot of police officers never really set out to become police officers. And, uh, <laughs> Sounds like a recruiter almost. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, and I got into it kind of, you know, in a strange manner. But once I got into it, I just absolutely loved uh, what we do. And, you know, our role in society is, is an, it's enormous, and 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 when you start to connect with what what you do for a community or, or for society as a whole, um, it, it really it's. I saw it in a book one time. It might have been the cover of a book, but they were talking about a sense of duty. And I don't know what it was about law enforcement, but when I got into it, you just you just had this under you know an innate sense of duty. 
that this is what I was meant to do. I was meant to help people in, in their worst hours, and I was meant to be the person um, to be called and, you know, when people needed help and, and just, um, just love every minute of that. Mm, that is precious, just precious. And I, I remember our conversation when we met, and I could see that underneath there, as you told your story, as you, as how you got, as how you got into the work, and then really kind of, I think how it found you. It absolutely found me. It was, uh, I wanted to be a doctor, so <laughs> I wanted to be a uh, sports uh, uh, orthopedic surgeon. was was my my super goal. And uh, I had a cousin that was uh, in the FBI, and I just went to visit him. And uh, and I don't know what happened, but uh, in the course of that weekend, um, I came back and was like, you know what, I'm going to try this thing out. And uh, again, once I got in, it was there was no turning back. Mm. Well, I love hearing those kind of stories, as you know, as a meeting and work researcher and somebody who cares about passion and purpose. I love hearing that. And the fact that you're the one that is on the other end of me calling when I need help, I, that really gives me a tremendous sense of, of uh, appreciation and, and comfort. So thank you for that. Thanks. Well, let's talk a little bit about about police work. Um, I think for a lot of people, they might not really understand what's all really involved. So first, you know, you talked about it being it's a it's a duty to serve and to I think you said to protect. Um, but just sort of overall, what's what what are what is the police force charged with doing? How do you help? Well, the easy answer, at least, is is you know we serve and protect. You know, <laughs> um, <Not> that. <laughs> You know, the job of a police officer is so complex. It is, you know, people call us when when they're scared. People call us when they're in harm's way, and people call us when when they don't know what to do. You know, they we get called for things that have absolutely nothing to do with the law. Um, they just they don't know who else to turn to, so they they turn to us, and and uh, and we're tasked with you know trying to help them through whatever the issue is, and um, you know it's 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 a tough job. It's it's you know you could be dealing with a, a person with mental issues, you know, on one call, and you get back in your car and you get sent to a juvenile that doesn't want to go to school, you know, and. I mean the 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 parameters are huge, and it's just you know it's a it's never dull. I can tell you that it's but, I, but it, you know in the in the grander scheme of things, you know I tell people you know as a deputy chief, I get the opportunity to to speak to the new guys as they're coming out of the academy, and and I always tell them I say, you know when you, when you raise your right hand and and uh, we put that badge on your chest you're taking responsibility for something that you don't own. And mm. your role in society is owned by the people that you serve. And and never forget that, that they're the ones that are giving you permission to be their, their police officers. And that is critical for people to keep in the forefront of their minds. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is we don't... It's not about us. It's about the community. And sometimes I think as police officers, you it like I said, it's super complex, 
job, and a lot of a lot of police officers do it really well. But um, it, it can really that piece that piece that it's about something other than us can sometimes get away from us. Mm-hmm. So. Well, so what I want to get under next, then, if we can, is I know you've been you were talking about things from your vantage point, I believe, from being there in Capel and your work of immediate interaction with officers that you're you interface with how, how would you characterize the way police work is conducted today across the nation of the united states wow that's a great question <laughs> um you know uh, from my vantage point um you know the our society has changed immensely um you know and every, i don't think it's any secret to anybody that the the world is changing at such a rapid pace and unfortunately i feel like our profession is not keeping up with that pace um i don't know that our profession is is taking the right steps i, I tell people that i speak with all the time is you know i i feel like sometimes we're a little bit off track and and we're trying to uh, to to keep things the way they've always been, so to speak, whether they worked or not. Um, and 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 again, society is changing. I mean, if you think about it, um, when I when I got into law enforcement, there was no such thing as an internet. There was no such thing as a cell phone. Um, people really only knew what they knew, what they were taught. Um, today's world is much smarter. It's much faster. It's uh, people know the laws. Um, everything you do is broadcast. Sometimes while you're still doing it, um, you know we didn't hear in, in the '90s. We didn't hear about officers being uh, killed in the line of duty until weeks later, if we even heard it at all. Today we hear about it before the detectives are even at the scene. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, but but as a profession, I really feel like um, we could do a lot better than we're doing right now. And I'm I go out on a limb saying that uh, it's not a very popular thing to say uh, in our profession, but uh, I'm I'm just too passionate about what we should be doing. I really appreciate that and applaud that, and I'm right there with you. I love that you're taking a stand, and I want to get a little bit further underneath that, but let's grab our first break here if we can. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We run here with Deputy Chief Danny Barton of the uh, Capel Police Department here in Texas, near Dallas. He joined today from the Capel office. We've been talking a bit about how he got into his work as a police officer, and now just starting to get at some of his perspective on what's going on in, in, in the police force. And after the break, we're going to talk more about what he thinks is maybe missing and could be improved. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose.
This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Danny Martin, Deputy Chief of Police in the Coppell Police Department here in Texas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So before the break, we were talking, just beginning to talk about that, that you think that things could perhaps change for the better here within, within the, the world of police. And I know you go out and you, you speak on this topic, which is, again, part of what I wanted to surface and share with listeners. I think it's amazing work. So let's, let's get under the hood a little bit here if we can. What do you think that needs to change about the way police work is being conducted to better serve our communities? Well, I think, um, I think uh, police culture is, has been broken for a, a very long time. Um, and I've been in, I've been in the middle of this culture, uh, for a long, long time. And, um, you know, if I feel like law enforcement too often, they try to find the solutions, uh, within, they circle the wagons and they try to find the answers within their agency or even within the profession. And not all the answers are in there because the people you serve have a say in those answers. And and we seem to kind of, you know, we, we put on these, you know, town hall meetings and, and we do these programs and, you know, um, you know, little forums, you know, to, to invite community feedback and, you know, 25 people show up, if that. Um the people in your communities give you feedback every day, every single day, because every single officer, every single detective, every single person wearing the uniform is touching people every day. We in Capel, we call it making an impact. You're going to make an impact one way or the other, whether you're waving at somebody when you drive by or whether you don't wave. The manner mm-hmm. in which you wave, the way your face, I mean, all these things that you have to keep these things in mind as a police officer is you're constantly being watched. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing, but, but, but our profession, we don't really change anything. We, we try to put on these, these programs that, you know, I think one of the stories I was telling y'all when we met, you know, there's agencies in the country that are, you know, they're purchasing, uh, you know, ice cream trucks. And that's great. You know, when you go into these, you know, communities and you're handing out ice creams, you know, to eight-year-old kids and, you know, 12-year-old kids, but how are you treating them when they're 18? How are you treating them when they're 22? You know, what's, what's that interaction look like? You know, because trust... Trust is every single contact, and sometimes we lose track of that. Um, to me, uh, you know, in Capel, we do we're very, very servant servant leadership oriented. You know, it's it's. I just sometimes think, and and you you can see it in all the um, some of the journals that are coming out now in policing is you know we we tend as police officers it's it's easy to fall into this trap is is you start to objectify people and because they're just another call 
You know, I've been to 15 calls today. I've talked to 25 people. I've taken 16 reports. You're just number 22 or whatever. You know, they just start to become objects. When in, in from their perspective, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to them in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and maintaining empathy or showing up with empathy is step one. You know, I'm writing a book right now, and, and I got a. I think there's a sentence in there that says, "I don't know when it happened, but it seems like empathy left the building." <laughs> and because you know we, you know, and, and you know from Lumino, you know we're starting to measure empathy in officers, and 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 the empathy is low, and that is, uh, you know, that's a, a function of a whole lot of things, but. But again, I, I really don't think that we we're we're getting it, and I feel like we're trying to just keep things the way they are. And you know, yes, a lot of people support the police, but we can do way better than we're doing. Way better. Oh, so well articulated. I can't wait to read the book, by the way. So get to it, would you? <laughs> try it, try it. Okay. Well, my, my next question then, so I really got this notion of the need to show up with empathy, and it's not really happening maybe to the extent that it should be. So then I want to go a little step further and ask, what's missing in the way police officers are hired and developed, the absence of which would make a big difference? I had a I had a great talk with a, a chief from another uh, agency uh, today about this very thing. Um, so, you know, I again I go back to police culture, and 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 we 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 tend to hire. We still tend to look for the same characteristics in people. Um, and to be kind of brief about it, it's. You know, your your review board to look across the table at these applicants and go, do you think this guy or this girl can handle themselves, you know, in a knockdown, drag out fight out there in the street? Can this person come and save my life? And, and uh, you know, that is just old. That is outdated thinking. Um, policing has come way farther than that. And, you know, I took over hiring and training uh, well, about this time last year, and, uh, and, and I was a captain at the time, and, and I went to the chief, and I said, hey, I'm going to quit hiring police officers, and he looked at me like I was crazy, and I said, you know what, I'm going to start hiring for a cultural fit for our department. Mm. I'm going to start hiring servant leaders. I want to hire character. We can teach them how to be police officers. We can teach them how to fight. We can teach them how all those things. But we can't teach character. We can't teach want to. And so uh, we changed our, we got rid of all of our police questions. You know, in the, in the it still goes on today in most police departments. You know, the applicant is faced with all these, you know, are you going to shoot them or not shoot them scenarios which I just, I don't see the productivity in that. And and typically they're no-win situations. Uh, the thinking is, is how does this person react to pressure? And, you know, I've been a police officer long enough to know that that pressure that applicant is under is nowhere near what they're going <laughs> to see in the street. And, um, and, and I'm not saying that it's better or worse. I'm just saying it's different. 
<clears throat> and so we stopped hiring using those questions and we went straight to we got a great culture in Capel and uh, we started just asking questions that you know what is customer service to you what's your communication style you know we do put them in some ethical challenges you know such as you know you um, and we're looking for empathy you know you you get a call to a, a convenience store and uh, the clerk has a, uh, a a lady detained, and she's there stealing baby formula for her baby, and she's she's homeless and has no money. What are you gonna do? You know, and a lot some of the officers or the candidates will come in and say, "Well, you know, the law is the law." And I'll stop them and say, "Well, what do you want to do? What would you do if you could do anything you wanted?" And a lot of them say, "Well, I'd rather just buy her the formula," and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people that see, they don't see the law, they see people. You know, we have to put plenty of people in jail. That's going to happen. That happens, you know, <laughs> whether we want it to or not. Um, but not everybody needs to go to jail. And, you know, we've been incarcerating people in this country for, you know, hundreds of years. How's that working out for us? Has it gotten better? I don't think so, you know. So there's a better way to do things. So there's better ways to to police our communities, and um, you know, again, that's in the hiring piece. I think we would do ourselves a better, you know. And I say this, and you know, a lot of police officers don't like to hear this either. Is I don't know that we have figured out how to hire the best police officers, and we don't have we haven't really figured out what the best police officer candidates look like. But I do know that the old style of hiring police officers, in my opinion, is not working out that well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now this maybe is a really good time to ask this question. So since we met at Illumina Certification Training, um, and listeners, you might recall if you heard the, one of the previous episodes, I was on the air with Rebecca Bales, who is the global, uh, the global U.S. partner and I think uh, European partner for Illumina, talking about that assessment and how we use it to develop leaders. It, it starts by measuring the presence of 24 qualities that are claimed by the person taking the assessment. Those are Those are psychological qualities that roll up into eight behavioral aspects and you get a very robust report across three different personas your everyday your underlying and your overextended so uh, how are you using that tool to help your work so we came across the lumina uh, assessment i think we were first shown it four years ago and um, we started looking into it, and then about two years ago, um, I started getting really involved with uh, with Marcel Brunel here in the Dallas area, and we saw something that we think helps. Uh, the thing we love about Lumina is it doesn't put you in a box. It doesn't you know, like DISC and, and Mark Braid, it doesn't say you're a this or you're a that. It's, you're you're kind of on a continuum because everybody's got a little bit of all the 24 qualities in them. You know, and it's and through life you learn to, you know, turn some up and turn some down. And, and what I like about Lumina is it's a self-awareness tool. And the more we started looking at this Lumina, we were thinking about comparing it to what police officers do. We were like, you know, 
we got something here because Lumina, if if a police officer um, has more self awareness, maybe when he sees himself starting to to kind of go overboard, so to speak, um, he can tune that down. You know, we try to tell police officers in the police academy, hey, you know, if you if you come to a scene and, you know, your partner is just amped up and he's making this scene worse, you know, kind of push him out of the scene and then you take over. You know, well, that's fine, but the scene's already out of control now. So Lumina gives us a first step in, in um, self-awareness. And we put all of our supervisors through it, and then we put all of our training officers through it. And then we gathered them in a room, and we did a four-hour class as we went through their assessment with them. And it was amazing how they responded to this thing. They They were blown out. A, they didn't hear anything they didn't instinctively know about themselves. But then I thought the 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 best part was, you know, these guys work side by side every single day and every night. And, you know, there was a sergeant in one particular class that said, man, I I thought I had more empathy than this. (laughs) And everybody just started laughing and they were like, no, you don't. (laughs) You know, and it was, and, and all I could think of was, man, what a great tool to start uncovering some of those blind spots that we have about ourselves. And, and we're putting the officers that are all going through it right now too. And um, I, I, I really believe this first step of self-awareness um, is is it's a piece. You know, you asked me earlier what's wrong with policing. We have done look. Police officers tactically they can take care of themselves probably better today than they've ever done. Um, we we know how to shoot, we know how to drive, we know how to fight, we know how to make traffic stops, we know how to search buildings. Uh, tactically, we call it the hands. Tactically and technically, we know how to do those things, and we're pretty decent at it. And But we have spent zero time, especially during my career, working on the officer's head and his heart. Because we don't want to go there, because that's not very manly, it's not very macho to talk about your heart and to talk about your your intellect or your emotional intelligence. Because if if I have to talk to you about emotional intelligence, am I there's a there's a you know, are you saying I don't have any? That's why I have to you know <laughs> that's that's not what's going on and, and that's what we're doing with our officers and then was what's funny is we told the the sergeants and the corporals and the training officers we said take your assessments home and let your spouse read it and they started coming back from their days off and they were like my spouse was like oh my gosh they that is exactly who you are and I think that's what it opened a lot of the guys eyes a lot of the girls too was their spouse was like, that's exactly how you act when you're stressed out. And they didn't realize it. And so I think it's really opened up their eyes to uh, the power of self, self-awareness. Mm. 
That was beautifully rendered, beautifully rendered. Oh my goodness! And so, for the for listeners to kind of put to connect all that, seeing how he's using this as a developmental tool, the assessment really helps the participant to be able to see his or her um, preferred behavior and communication patterns, what he what he or she does when under stressed, and 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 really what happens in the everyday. So, incredibly illuminating. And so, how you're using, I think, how you're using this tool is phenomenal, and it, it's the way that we often. Rebecca and I talked about this in our conversation, how we use that tool to be able to start that self-awareness process you're talking about in order to intervene and develop more helpful behaviors and communication practices to, to aid the individual to be more successful. And in your case, trying to develop and cultivate emotional intelligence, which can be cultivated, by the way, So, and you know that. But for our listeners who are scratching their heads, yes, we can all cultivate emotional intelligence. Um, so I, this is where I get to, again, stand and say, I am such a fan of the work that you're doing, and I so appreciate the work that you're doing. I do see it as a movement. Um, I want to talk more about some of what you're doing to share this messaging with the communities, but let's grab our last break here if we can. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Danny Barton, who is a deputy chief of police in the Capel Police Department here in Texas. He joins you today from Capel. After the break, we're going to get into some of the work that he's doing to grab this as a foothold and, and cascade it into other communities. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Danny Barton, Deputy Chief of Police in the Capel Police Department here in Texas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So in this last segment here, if we can, I want to help our listeners understand really what you're up to and, frankly, how they might be able to help you. So one of the things that you said when we met is you go out into various public arenas and you share this message, which is often very largely unpopular because people don't like to hear that they're not doing as well as you think they could be, and it's not a popular message. So will you share a little bit about... What venues are you using to be able to cascade your message? And, and in, in, so what forums and what is that message that you're sharing? So, well, man, a lot of venues here. Um, one, one, one area that I'm, uh, that we're really um, about to really start rolling a lot of this out is through the Texas Police Association. Um, I'm one of the uh, vice presidents of the Texas Police Association. It's it's the oldest police association in Texas. Uh, been there since 1895, if you can believe that. Wow. Um, and 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 then we, you know, I tell people the the so myself, uh, Chief Tristan, uh, our current chief of police, um, we we speak a lot outside of the department. Uh, we actually, I mean, I do a lot of speaking uh, amongst the city in different departments uh, over what we do here at the Coppell Police Department and 
uh, and how we've done things here for the last eight years, and um, and and we just tell our story of, of how we've gotten from where we were eight years ago, which was a, a pretty uh, dysfunctional place, uh, to the to the to the department we are today, and um, and so we just you know we uh, Robert Greenleaf International uh, Conference was in uh, Grapevine last year. And uh, we took uh, a handful of our officers uh, over there, and they they gave a presentation on what it's like to to work in a servant-led organization. And uh, we had the newest guys that we'd hired. We had some of the oldest guys on our force, and it was it was I think the the, the crowd was pretty fascinated by their stories of uh, how how we're doing things in Compel compared to, I will say, what a normal the police department's doing. So uh, we're all over the place. I mean, that's one of my weaknesses. If somebody calls me and says, hey, we want to hear your story, I'm, I'm always a yes. I never say no. Because <laughs> um, I, I think it's a, it's important. Um, I'm not saying Capel is, you know, the greatest thing, you know, since sliced bread. Um, but I've seen it work here. And we've done a, an amazing job of transforming this police department, and, and I really think we're well on our way um, to the things that I've talked about earlier. Is, is I think you know we can change policing, even though we're a seventy-man police department. It starts somewhere, and, and, and we can do it. And it's it's one ear at a time, it's one contact at a time, and. Um, um, again, I, we speak to a lot of police groups. Uh, they're the tougher groups uh, to speak to, uh, leadership groups. Um, but we, you know, we stand in there, and you know, sometimes I uh, take a pretty good hit on my evaluations because <laughs> it's not really what they want to hear. But uh, it's an important message, and you know, I just hope that maybe when they get home or you know, six months from now, they go, you know, let me think about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, two things really quick. Um, so yeah. I want to make sure we pack in as much as we can for the last bit of time we have together. So to paint the picture for our listeners, Deputy Chief Barton, so the eight years ago, how would you characterize what you said the department was, I think you said a mess. Now, here we are today when there's been a lot of change and development and intentional change. What's it look like? So before and after. I think uh, eight years ago we we probably looked like your typical police agency. We had uh, a lot of silos built in. Um, divisions didn't uh, talk to each other. There was infighting. Uh, we had two separate, uh, I'll call them camps. Um, so you had to take a stand. You either stayed with you know one camp or or the other. You you know, and uh, if you wanted to be neutral, you just couldn't talk to either side. So. Um, very toxic atmosphere. Um, just that's that's probably the best. It was it was not the best atmosphere. Okay. Um, uh, we got a new chief. He came in uh, eight years ago. Uh, chief Tristan. He brought us this thing called servant leadership, and uh, we started uh, we started not only learning about servant leadership, but we started to learn. Uh, to to we were he was taking us outside of the police department and we were starting to interact 
with um, people outside of law enforcement. Like we we participate every quarter with a it's called a servant leadership learning community here in Dallas, and there's several businesses that show up. It's a breakfast. It's a eight to noon thing, and and uh, Southwest Airlines is there. TD Industries, a bunch of uh, companies. And you sit at tables and you discuss leadership issues and organizational issues and server leadership with with these different organizations, and and it, it starts to open the officers' eyes up to oh wow, just because we're police officers doesn't mean that our our problems are any different than you know Southwest Airlines. You know, it's all the same. <laughs> you know, because they're people. It's that's an organization. It's people, and so um, and then and then we. Uh, we spent a lot of time, and we do it every day. We talk about our why. why. Every single officer, why do you get up? Why do you get dressed? Why do you do this job? You know, and they don't always have the answer today, but we tell them, keep your eyes open. You're going to find your why. And once you connect with your why, which is your purpose, man, coming to work is, is fantastic. Your worst days are great. Mm-hmm. Because you love what you do, you know, and, and, uh, in, you know, in my in my old police days, you know, if I came to work and I got knocked down, I'd go home, you know, just chewing on glass and frustrated at the world. And, uh, and today I'm like, you know what? I can't take it personal. That person got mad at me, probably wasn't mad at me personally, probably mad at the situation they're in. You know, it is frustrating sometimes when life is, is just hitting you from all sides and and again, that's where the empathy comes in. Is, is you know, you got to keep your mind around the fact that you know this person that's mad at you and is is giving you the what for all. It's not. Don't take it personal. You mm-hmm. know, they don't even know you. I mean, so mm-hmm. um, you know, and and I think that's emotional intelligence, and and I think that's that's kind of where we're we've we've come. We're very serv. I can tell you story after story after story. Uh, of 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 things that our officers are doing today that just are mind boggling um, the way they and I'm not talking about just treating people I'm just going above and beyond for people and uh, they really care and I think that's that's the real I mean when I said earlier you know objectifying people I think we've gotten away from that here and uh, our guys are pretty honed in on you know these are people. You know, these are souls that we're touching, and um, and they, they understand it, the importance. Mm. Wow, that's gorgeous and so compelling. And, of course, you know, my world is about how people find their purpose, and I completely agree that it's a whole different world when you are standing in your purpose. And so, I, for our listeners' benefit, and obviously I always like to hear this, I mean, what are you standing for, Deputy Chief Barton? What is your purpose? What are you up to? You know, I, th- I, I think this is my purpose. I mean, I think becoming a police officer, again, because of the way I stumbled into it, uh, and, and, and the, you know, I always say, you know, your, your life is a culmination of the people whose paths you cross. And uh, I've crossed some great paths. I've, I know some great people uh, that have taught me some great things along the way. And, and and law enforcement just happens to be the vehicle. Um, I I love that we get to help people every day. Mm-hmm. And you know I have lunch once a month 
<clears throat> with a guy that has become a great friend of mine. And the reason I met him was um, we arrested him for DWI. And uh, he he his life was a wreck in the night. And he came, the reason I met him is he came up here to, to thank us for arresting him. And, uh, and from that meeting, we kind of started a friendship. And, um, you know, he's a great guy. He's a successful person. But, uh, you know, life life was hitting him from all sides. And um, that, that, that encounter uh, really turned him around. And, Intervened, yeah. Yeah, and, and we don't know. And we tell our, and we had him meet with the officers that arrested him, and he told his story, and it was touching. I mean, there's not a dry eye in the room when he's done talking. And, you know, we tell our, we remind them, look, you don't know how many people's lives you've turned around. You're not just throwing people in jail. Now, I'm not saying throw everybody in jail to change their lives. But, but, but you, you know, sometimes that's the wake up call that some people need. So don't take it lightly. Mm. um, But my, my purpose is, you know, I'm passionate about this. I love police officers, Elise. I I think they are some of the greatest people in the world. Um, Yes. The things they sacrifice for. Yes. I'm, 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 anyway, um, that's (laughs) wonderful. I think it's, yes, it's fantastic. So, okay, so you have this vision for a world of police work that is, shows up with empathy, uses emotional intelligence, uh, includes the head and the and the heart. So that's part of your vision. So what do, what can listeners do to help you? What do you need from, from people to help you realize this as a, as a widespread landing of how police work gets done, at least across the nation? You know, um, there's a you know nationwide there's a, there's a huge organization that I think is getting it right. Um, they're not the most they're pretty popular, but they're not the most popular in law enforcement circles. Um, I think they're one of the best. Uh, the Police Executive Research Forum. Um, uh, they put out a lot of great stuff. Um, they were instrumental in the. Uh, Police in the 21st century um, that came out, I don't know, several years ago, three, four years ago. Um, you know, supporting groups like PERF, uh, Texas Police Association is about to come out, and, and everything I just talked about, uh, the Texas Police Associations, we've kind of gone through a rebrand, and, and we're, we're setting our sights on everything I just talked about. Is You know, we want to we build the whole police officer. And we want those police officers to have good, healthy careers. And, you know, there's a lot of negatives that come with law enforcement out there. Um, divorce rates are high. There's there's all kinds of negative. And uh, we, we can stop it. And I, I think emotional intelligence and I think uh, um, getting in the right people um, is, is, is one of the key ways. Mm-hmm. I completely agree, which again, which is why you had me at hello at your introduction. And here we are today talking about this. And I, I, I'm with you every step of the way. will help you any way that I can. You know that. And we'll talk more about that. But we're t- just at the very tail end of the show in, say, maybe 30 seconds, Deputy Chief Barton. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? 
you know, um, and I, I, I don't, I got 30 seconds. <laughs> I think everybody needs to understand that you can make a difference in the world. Every single person can make a difference from where they're at. And it seems almost crazy to think that. But, you know, I wake up every day in, and I come to work. Yes, I love working for the Coppell Police Department, but I want to change. I want to change the world. And I know that sounds a little flighty and kind of crazy, but I know it can be done. It's been done by many, many people throughout history. And uh, if you have a passion, I don't care what that passion is, you have got to stay with it and don't lose it. it because I don't know if you guys ever talk about the paradoxical commandments on here, but you know the world is going to is going to fight back. But you just keep fighting. And, and you keep your purpose in front of you, and the fight's worth it every day, even on the days when you felt like you lost. Mm, that is well way great way to finish the show, Deputy Chief Barton. Thank you so very much for your service, your heart, your contribution, and for your work to change the world. Well, thank you, Elise. I, I, I'm so glad I met you. So <laughs> me too. Me too. We got more work to do. Now, if listeners want to learn more about what you're up to, where would you have them visit? What what website? I guess our, our city's website. Our city's website, is it pretty much will can give you an idea of, of the culture that we have okay. here. So that's what, City of Capel? CapelTX.gov. Okay, CapelTX.gov. Okay, and with that, we've got to fly off the air. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. It's been a pleasure, and we'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.